way you tell me you're going to help me get my sister back. I've seen the bodies. They're terrorists. They're killers. Ain't that what you do? We need you. Who's your sister? Fantastic. You reckon you can get us in there? Easy. I've got to make this right. So I'm going to go into that bunker. And we're going to kill every last one of those sons of bitches. Fucking A. Whoa, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, yes. One hell of a lovely skull. Good work, Reese. You dumb son of a bitch. Come on, mate. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How are you doing? Greetings and salutations, Aussie flesh eaters. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How the hell are you? I am doing well. Just uh, getting through another busy workday. Busiest day of the week is always when we happen to record Fresh Cuts for the most part. But uh, that's all in the past now, so I'm ready to talk about a movie. So I will introduce our next host, and that is Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? How are you? Good day, guys. Great to uh, finally be back here. It's been so long I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, world traveler Don is back. <laughs> um, all right, well, if you... Uh, aren't tipped off enough by that, uh, then I'll just go ahead and say we are discussing Wormwood Apocalypse, which is a sequel, technically, I guess, to... <laughs> I, was the first one just called Wormwood, or was there a subtitle on Road, that, too? Do you Road remember? of the Dead. Road of the Dead, okay. So, um, this one, the synopsis from IMDb. In a zombie-infested Australian wasteland, soldier Rays, what was it, Rise, Rees, Rays, uh, has dedicated his life to tracking and capturing survivors for the Surgeon General in the hopes of finding a cure. Aren't they always? Man, am um, I glad I didn't read that synopsis before I watched the movie, because it, it's, <sighs> it's a very telling synopsis. Uh, and I'll explain yeah. what, what I mean in a minute. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess with that, we'll get into general thoughts, starting with Venom. What did you think of Wormwood Apocalypse? 
All right. Well, before we get into Apocalypse, I do want to explain my stance on Wormwood Road of the Dead. Um, this movie, of course, was in 2014 before I was podcasting. And, but when I saw it, I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I adore Wormwood. There is not a scene that I don't like in that movie. I have an ear-to-ear grin anytime I watch it. I rewatched it again this week for like the 10th time um, and, you know, in preparation for the new one. And still, I still absolutely love it. I, I just love how original it is. I love how... The action um, is shot. I even like the like the fight scenes. Like there's a great fight scene at the end of the original between Barry and the captain, which is one of the high points of the damn movie, despite it being a zombie film. So, yeah, Wormwood really yeah, the original Road of the Dead really spoke to me in a lot of ways. And it, 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 so much so that if I had been podcasting at the time, it would have easily been in my top five. I mean, not even top ten, top five. I just love that goddamn movie. OK, so. Wormwood Apocalypse. Um, I guess I'll start off by saying, in a vacuum, Wormwood Apocalypse is a very good movie. It's fun, it's gory, it's violent, it's still very action-packed. Maybe not as action-packed as the original. Um, But this movie is very flawed, and it's flawed in multiple ways. One of the ways that the movie is kind of flawed, and I don't think fans would really look at this as a flaw, but I'm just, as a cinephile, I see this as a flaw. If you did not see Wormwood Road of the Dead, you will not know what the fuck is going on in this movie. They explain nothing. We don't get any explanations as to what all, all the stuff that was explained to us in the first film, you know, the zombie's blood turning into fuel, uh, all the Earth's fuel basically losing its uh, flammability and turning in basically into water. Um, them, like if you're watching this movie and you never saw the first one, you would have no clue why they have these zombies inside of these compartments in their trucks. And every single truck in the world, in, in this world, has a zombie in it you would have no idea who Brooke is and how she got her abilities. Like, you know, the appearance of Brooke at the beginning of this film would mean absolutely nothing to someone who hasn't seen the original. Now I do like that. They don't hold your hand, um, you know, in, in the sense that they don't necessarily explain every single thing that happened in the first one, but I really do feel like they should have, especially because this movie isn't called Wormwood two. It's called Wormwood Apocalypse. There's nothing in the title telling anyone that it's a sequel. So if they accidentally watch this one first, they are going to be so goddamn lost to the point where they may actually hate it. Like, I would actually love to speak to someone who only saw this and didn't see the original just to get their opinion on it. Like, if they understood what was going on, who Brooke was, you know, Barry, just all of it. Um... The other major issue with it is if you are a gigantic fan of the original, this one fell very flat for me. As as a fan of the original, this one didn't do as much for me. And the biggest complaint I'm going to have is the heroes of the first film, Barry and Brooke, are in this film, this hour and 30 minute film. They are in it for 35 fucking minutes. 
And that was really upsetting to me because I love Barry and Brooke. We spent an hour and 45 minutes with them in the original, falling in love with these characters. Everything that Barry had to do at the beginning of the movie to kind of survive the initial rush of zombies. And, you know, his conviction in saving his sister and finding her at any cost. And then everything that he sacrifices at the end, you know, physically to to try to save her. Um you know, with that big fight that I mentioned previously, it's like they spent all this time getting us to absolutely fall in love with these characters just so that we can see them for two minutes at the beginning of the movie and then go 45 fucking minutes without seeing them again. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that those 45 minutes or any of the time in this movie where Barry and Brooke are not in it are is bad. I'm not going to say that these are bad scenes or that the movies, you know suffers for it. This is a personal opinion. I love Barry and Brooke and I watched the second Wormwood movie to watch the continuing adventures of Barry and Brooke. Instead, what we get is the new adventures of Maxie and Grace, which, you know, okay, you know, I, I understand you got to introduce new characters, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other odd, really odd thing that they do in this movie is that they bring back actors from the first movie, but they're playing different characters. So it's like, Reese specifically, um, I think the actor's name is Luke McKenzie, who I thought was absolutely awesome in the first one as a villain. And then, you know, he comes here and he's kind of an anti-hero. He's not exactly a hero. He's not exactly a villain. And I just didn't like it. That actor is such a great villain. He should always be a villain. He's one of those guys like a Christopher Lee that should always just be a villain because they're so good at it. He was such a badass as the captain in the first one. And then in this one, I, you know, he he starts to develop like humanity. And it's like, I don't want to see this actor be human. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, as I've already mentioned, the movie is good in a vacuum by itself. You know, I, I, I try not to play the compare games when we review sequels or remakes or things like that. I want to judge the movie based on its own merits. And on its own merits, this movie is damn good. Potentially one of my favorites of the year, easily in my top 10 as of right now. Um, whether it's going to be there at the end of the year, we'll have to see because we got some big releases coming up, um, especially overseas. Um, so... Yeah, this movie is still very fun, very visceral, great score, great effects, good action. Um, but if you're just if you're as big a fan of the original as I am, I, I just have a funny feeling that this one is going to fall a little bit flat for you. And the main reason is that I just don't find Maxie and Grace nearly as compelling as Barry and Brooke in the original. Um but yeah, overall, I did still really enjoy this. I still would rate it very high, obviously, not nearly as high as the original. Um, but it is still a quality film that needs to be watched because you can see that these guys have gotten uh, the brothers, the, the Roche Turner brothers have gotten better at, you know, filming movies in general. Their cinematography is better in this one. The shot selection in a lot of the scenes is really nice. Some of the slow motion zombie shots are really, really cool. Uh, there's a shot of Reese hanging from a tree where he's where he's basically low enough that zombies could eat, like could grab his legs. And then he does that gymnast thing where he holds his legs up in a perfect L shape. And you can see him struggling to keep that. That whole scene was really intense and really cool. But 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm running a little long here. I'm rambling as I always do. Sorry about that, folks. But yeah, overall, I did enjoy this movie. It just is a pale comparison to the original in my book. That's it for now. All right, Don, how about you? So uh, I'm kind of right there with Venom in uh, a lot of senses, but uh, I'm probably going to come up in a little bit higher than him um, on this one particularly. Um, I I, I do agree. There is a lot of confusion around uh, what's going on in the storyline here, just because, as he said, nothing's really explained. Um, I I mean, you know, there's so many shots of the zombies in the cages and doing all of their, you know, blood extraction techniques. And it's like, you know, I almost forgot for a second that that was sort of the fuel thing that uh, was going on with their um, trucks and machines from the first one. So it kind of just, you know, took me a second to go back and realize what was going on and all of the, you know, the storyline techniques there from the, the original that, you know, you kind of got in that one were uh, just ignored in this one. Um, it's, it really does feel like it's, you know, meant to be taken as a, a one setting kind of a film where you're supposed to watch the two of them back to back and not just go into this one blind uh, with no preparation at all. Um, but uh, beyond that, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the action is fun. Uh, there's a lot of great set pieces here. Uh, good looking goal. Pretty much. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of it was more practical than CGI, right? Because I, I noticed a lot of practical effects on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, nothing was like you know glaringly obvious in terms of uh, you know bad CGI. Um, kind of like the original, where you know you could really see like the the big scenes scenes uh, featured a lot of the, uh, you know, underwhelming CGI that kind of brought them down a little, but um, overall, I I like it a little bit more than Venom does, although I, I do see where he's uh, coming from with his complaints, because I, I do have those same issues. It uh, does come in kind of in the, uh, the same exact boat where you do have to see the two of them back to back to realize what's going on, but... Yeah, beyond that, uh, I, I I enjoy it. Uh, there's enough going on that I, I'm kind of intrigued in the you know the pacing and all of the 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 big action scenes aren't too bad. Um, again, not a you know the original action scenes were better if you just looked at them specifically. But uh, I I don't have too many uh, other real complaints. Um, you know, uh, Venom already has a lot of uh, what I was gonna say anyway, but. Yeah, overall, uh, worth a watch. I had enough fun with it, and uh, not necessarily as good as the original, but uh, good enough on its own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so as far as I go, I'm going to be honest, I don't even remember the first one that well. I have, I remember watching it, but um, I didn't even recognize any characters from it. That's how little i remember uh i i thought the first one was okay action horror is just really not my thing for the most part so i probably just watched it and moved on from it um i do i do agree that this one the way the movie begins it it definitely feels like you're thrown into something that you've missed the first 20 minutes on Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i was like it it definitely makes it seem like you should know who these characters are and what they're kind of in the midst of doing so i think that was kind of a misstep um there um 
and then you know once we're 10 15 minutes in you realize okay here's kind of what's going on um and then i guess from like there on out it's just going to kind of depend i don't know this movie is a time that or the type of movie that goes in the category of if this is your type of thing i guess you'll like it okay because i there's no really nothing about it i can say isn't good or well made it's just not my kind of movie and i i was just like uh, okay i wasn't it didn't interest me that much i thought there was you know random isolated cool things going on uh some of the 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 gore effects were pretty cool um but otherwise yeah, it's, it's just not my thing like i i don't know i don't have a really a lot to say about it it's just I'm not an action horror person, so I kind of struggled with it. But objectively speaking, I would still say it's a well-made movie for what it is. And if for the people that are into action horror, I think they'll be fine with it. Although, because I remember so little about the original, I'm going to go with you guys and assume that the original probably is superior to this. Um, I just can't give an honest assessment of it because I, I barely remember it. So that's it for me. Fail. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, hey, everybody has a subgenre that doesn't speak to them, you know. Um, so it, it's obviously it's a personal opinion, but yeah, I mean that original. I mean, I me, guess it, I guess for me, like when it comes to action horror, I feel about action horror the way a lot of people do about comedy horror or horror comedy. It's 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 not that there's none that I. Or it's not that I dislike all of them or the entire genre, and I don't write them off like technically or specifically before I go into seeing them. It's just that after about 20, 30 minutes of them, I'm like, okay, I've, I've ha- unless something changes about this, it's just I, I kind of get bored with this kind of style. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say the same thing about horror comedies. They're just like, yeah, the jokes are all right for a while, and I just get tired of it. And so I guess for me, that's just action horror. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Because you actually like action too. You like action and you like horror, but you don't like them together. That's odd. That's like that's like not that's yeah, like I mean, chocolate and peanut butter, but not Reese's peanut butter cups. Hmm. I think part of it's just like the zombie thing. Like I really don't like zombies in like action set settings and action set pieces. I, I just I get. I mean, yeah, these are zombies technically. So yeah, it is a zombie movie. It's just. I it, this kind of stuff doesn't interest me as far when it comes to zombies. I, I I don't care for like special ability zombies or zombies hopped up on like anything other than being like lumbering undead for the most part. Understand. So I think that's probably part of it. But like I said, I I didn't view, I didn't view it as like a bad movie. It's it's kind of hard to like explain both povs in one it's like i when the credits were rolling i wasn't like well that sucked it's just like okay that was like well made just not for me (laughs) yeah well it's definitely made for me and i I mean zombies and action are not like favorite subgenres for me either but uh, something about wormwood really spoke to me a lot like the movie that we'll be reviewing in a couple of weeks from uh you know uh, a foreign country I'll, i'll i'll leave it at that for now but yeah, those types of movies, like, like I don't know, they, they absolutely work for me. Because ultimately, a zombie apocalypse would be an action movie, you know? Um, 
ultimately, like if you're living in a zombie apocalypse, there's going to be a lot of firefights and, you know, killing of zombies and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like it's kind of realistic, kind of grounded in reality. Not the zombie apocalypse part of it, of course, but just the fact that it is very action packed and very, you know, unless you're the type of person that's just going to hide, try to hide out and just, you know, live out the zombie apocalypse in your closet. Otherwise, I would say 90% of people wouldn't do that and would, you know, at least try to, you know, carve out a life for themselves in this apocalypse, much like Reese does in the film. But uh, yeah, like, you know, like I said, I'm I, I'm not going to fault you for, you know, not liking the subgenre, not by any stretch. You know, I, I kind of feel the same way about Rape Revenge. Rape Revenge is definitely not a favorite subgenre for me. I watch them when they come out because they almost always get good reviews. It's rare that you get a bad, like a really bad Rape Revenge film. So, you know, I'm still down to watch them. And we'll try to be as objective as possible when I review them, um, even though I know that I have the bias of not really enjoying that subgenre. So, yeah, totally understand, Mike. It's just not for you. But, yeah, for me, and it sounds like for Don, uh, this this is right up our alley. This is um, – and like I said, I did say a lot of negative things about this one, but I, I did also say it is in my top ten, potentially top five for the year right now. Um, I wouldn't say that about a bad movie or a movie I didn't enjoy. I still enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, it's just, especially because I watched the original Wormwood like literally two days before and, you know, was all hyped up and gleeful seeing that, you know, my two favorite characters from the first one are back. Um, and that was about the only research I did on the film before, you know, you guys know I I, I want to go in as blind as possible. But, you know, I, I had to make sure that my two favorite characters were back. But then they basically weren't, because, like I said, a 90 minute movie and we got 35 minutes of Brooke and Barry. And that just irks me. It, it really bothers me. I, I, I'm fine with introducing new characters. You have to in a sequel. You can't you know, you can't have an entire sequel with the exact same cast, especially in horror. I totally understand that. But. To, to make me spend 45 minutes of a movie away from the only two people that I want to watch in this world. Um, it's just, a, it's an odd decision. That's all. It was an odd choice. I, I'm wondering if maybe the actors that play Brooke and Barry maybe just didn't want to be in the movie as much. Who knows? Maybe they had a bad time filming the first one and said, okay, we'll be in the second one, but we're not going to be the stars. Uh, that potentially may have happened. Who knows? But all I know is, is that the end product does not satisfy me as much as the original. But as I've already said multiple times, in a vacuum, this movie's great. I still enjoy it. I, I think a potential could also fact that there's this uh, supposed to be a trilogy. Oh, um, potentially. I mean, it's, it's no, pretty wide no, open. No, they've uh, specifically said that there's supposed to be a trilogy with this. Cool. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm happy about that. Yes. Even though um, so I'm, I'm saying that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm saying that there's going to be a third one. Um, they've uh, the directors have explicitly stated that there's going to be a third at some point. Yeah, so, I kind of figured. You could almost assume with movies like this. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that they uh, specifically set it up from the beginning to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, the first one was specifically made to be first of a trilogy, so there's going to be one more. Um, I'm not entirely sure why it took six years for the sequel to come out, but uh, the original plans when they did the first one were a trilogy. Well, the first one took a long time to make, too, because it was 100% crowdfunded. 
there was no there was no private money in the original Wormwood. 100% crowdfunded between Indiegogo and Kickstarter and whatever else. So that was a, that right there is an accomplishment. And obviously, when you have more time and to make the movie, you know, when it's your first film, you've got all the time in the world to you know solidify the script, solidify um, you know uh, your shot plans, everything else. Um, Obviously, this one was six years later, but I can't watching this. It doesn't look like they spent the entire six years making this movie. Um, it could be crowdfunded again, uh, potentially. But I, I would imagine this one is not 100 percent crowdfunded because, you know, they actually have a name now. So investors would want to you know, be a part of a sequel to a very popular, at least within the community, a popular movie. So, who knows? Uh you know, maybe as as the movie is out and more people see it, hopefully we'll get some more like behind the scenes stories about it and, you know, maybe even get a better explanation as to why Brooke and Barry are not in the film as much. Because like I said, it's a sticking point for me and I'm going to I'm going to repeat it <laughs> multiple times in this because it's it's going to be my biggest issue with the film. But uh, yeah, I, I still say it's worth watching. If you've not seen the original, I would say absolutely do not watch this. You're going to be so in the dark. You're not going to know why zombies are able to power cars. You're not going to know why this weird girl with white eyes is able to command zombies. You know, you're not going to understand why this big hulking guy behind her is constantly following her. Because, I mean, they don't even say that they're related in this film until very deep into the movie. Um, almost halfway, I'd say. Another thing that bothered me about the film, too, is that they don't really tell us the timeline here until way later in the movie. Like, you're watching the movie, and it's like, at the end of the first movie, there was only one car powered by zombies, because they're the ones who figured it out. Now, obviously, once those guys are either killed or the car has to be abandoned, the military is going to find it. They're going to see the design, and they're going to figure out, oh, okay, we can use these zombies' blood as fuel, um, or their breath, whatever you want to go with. Um, so it still bothered me because I'm like, how does everyone have one of these cars? And it feels like not much time has gone by. You know what I mean? Like the movie literally starts right in an action sequence already zombie attack right from the very start. Um, so like I said, if you haven't seen the original, I just can't recommend this one. You have to watch road of the dead on top of the fact that I think it's the better film anyway. But I still say they're both absolutely worth watching. Like I said, I'm, I'm because Wormwood was literally one of my favorite movies from 2014. Um, maybe I let my expectations get, you know, take control of me a little bit. And, you know, I always say that I try to curb my, uh, you know, expectations. But, you know, when you love a movie as much as I love Wormwood, it's kind of hard to fight those expectations for the sequel. So that's all. Still a great movie. Still worth watching. Uh, anything else spoiler-free we can discuss? Mm, I'm drawing a blank. Mike? Uh, no, I mean, I would just agree. You should probably, I mean, if you're if people are seeing this kind of out there available and they're interested and they haven't seen the first, I agree. You should probably watch them as a double feature just to give you a little more frame of reference. Yeah, definitely. All right, so with that being said, I guess this is your final spoiler warning. We're going to start talking about the movie more in depth. Um, 
So our movie kind of our movie opens up uh, with Brooke. Um, and for those of you who've seen the original, you know that Brooke uh, is Barry's sister. Uh, Brooke was the girl who was taken uh, in the first film and experimented on because she has AB negative blood. If you remember, uh, again, they don't even mention that in the second movie. But if you have AB negative blood, you are um, the virus doesn't affect you. You can actually get bitten by a zombie, but if you have uh, that blood type, you don't turn into a zombie. So, uh, so again, they kind of ignored that plot point here. Because uh, uh, all the people that Reese was bringing to the Surgeon General in this film had to be AB negative because none of them were zombies. So there's that. Anyway, um, we see Brooke attack a girl. Um, and, uh, these two girls look alike. They are, so you figure they're sisters. One of them looks amazingly like Benny from the first movie. Like I actually thought it was like Benny's daughter, but no, I looked it up and these two are not related. Uh, they just happen to find an, a young actress that looks exactly like Benny. So good on them. Um, but yeah, uh, just to see someone in the movie that looks like Benny. And then later in the film, we find out that they are the nieces of Benny, uh, they call him Uncle Benny uh, multiple times throughout the movie. We even get a little tiny, like, two-second flashback of Benny's death from the first movie um, as they're basically explaining that, you know, th that Benny's their uncle. Um, so, like I said, Brooke attacks one of the girls. Uh, the girl's name is Grace. Uh, the, the, the girl that looks like Benny is named Maxie. Um, Brooke attacks uh, this girl. We don't know why, because literally the scene opens up and Brooke is already biting, uh, taking a bite out of Grace's neck. Uh, we see her take the bite. We see Barry kind of pull Brooke off of her, um, basically pleading with the two girls not to kill Brooke, that she's just, you know, a little out of her head. He ends up giving Brooke a vial of blood, a, a, a tiny little vial of blood. She drinks the blood and it relaxes her. Um, you know, her eyes are still white because, as you remember from the first film, she is the zombie queen. Um, she is forever dead since she was actually physically killed in the first film. So she is straight up a zombie. Um, but what what we notice is that Grace doesn't turn. Most of the people in this film, when they're bitten, they don't last very long. Uh, it's usually about a minute before they turn. Um, but then we see Grace and she's not turning. She's, you know, she's complaining about the bite on their neck and, you know, talking about how much it hurts and how pissed off she is about it and blah, blah, blah. But she's not turning, which, you know, instantly, if you're a fan of the original, you start to think, wait, well, there's got to be something to this. Um, as it turns out later in the scene, Grace does start to turn. But guess what? She does not turn into a normal zombie. She turns into another hybrid like Brooke. Uh, they never called her a hybrid in the first movie. They call her that in this one. And basically what a hybrid is, is a living person who can carry the zombie virus and somehow has a telepathic connection with zombies. And obviously, if you saw the first movie, then you know that Brooke has this ability. Through the experimentation that was being done to her by the doctor in the first film, she developed the ability to control zombies and to be able to see through their eyes even. And, and control their actions and things. So, uh, again, if you didn't see the first movie, no explanation of that in this one. All they do is they call her a hybrid, and that's it. That's all you get. So, so anyway, after, after this scene, uh, we, we are introduced to Reese. 
And Reese looks incredibly the same as the captain from the first movie. And when you look it up, yep, it's the same actor. Luke McKenzie, who played the captain in the first film, one of the most badass zombie villains ever. Not that he was a zombie, but zombie movie villain, you know, for, for a human antagonist. Absolutely loved him. Like I said, the fight that he, that he and Barry have at the end of Wormwood um, is just one of my one of the highlights of the film for me. Such a great fight back and forth and just how it ends is so, you know, guilty pleasure satisfying. So, yeah. Um, so we like I said, we're introduced to Reese. And um, we see him living in a little mini compound that he uh, kind of created. It's, it's just like a, a few hundred square feet, maybe, uh, surrounded by, you know, uh, barriers and barbed wire and whatnot. And he's basically safe inside. We see him kind of wake up in the morning and start his day. He comes out of the compound. He kills a couple of the zombies that got in uh, to the perimeter, uh, which I guess is something that he expects to happen because, you know, when he opens the hatch, he's already like waiting for a zombie to attack, which it does. Um, but there's only two of them in the yard. He kills them off and and then he goes about his day. We see him basically just exercise. Uh, he does some shadow boxing with one of the zombies where he actually puts like a football helmet or some kind of helmet on one of the zombies. And he has boxing gloves on. He's basically just practicing fighting his hand to hand combat skills. I found that kind of funny. I thought that was funny. Um, and then we see Reese kind of leave the compound and start on his day. And what Reese does is he collects subjects for the new doctor, who in this movie is called the Surgeon General. Once again, played by the same actor from the first film, but as a different character. And it, it almost fools you because they're both doctors and they both have the yellow jumpsuit. So it's kind of weird. But, um, you know, they like I said, they call him the Surgeon General here. So. Uh, Reese is basically collecting up um, survivors, as I mentioned, people with that blood type who are um, not in danger of getting the zombie virus. He takes them to this facility and then he has no idea, you know, as just a low level soldier, he has no idea what's actually being done with the bodies. He's under the assumption that um, they are taking these people in because uh, of their blood type and the fact that they can't get the virus, that maybe they're trying to produce some kind of vaccine or something for the zombie virus, um, you know, an antidote or whatever based on the blood of these people. But, you know, uh, obviously that's not what's going on. Uh, we'll return to that point later. Um, in the very first scene where Reese captures someone, he actually captures Gracie and, or Grace and Maxie. Um, he uses a grenade launcher and basically shoots a grenade in front of anyone driving, you know, a, a motorcycle, a truck, whatever the case may be, um, which, of course, takes the vehicle off the road. He then comes out and has this ridiculous gun. I mean, I, I think it's a sandbag gun, right? I think that thing shoots like the, those little sandbags that just knocks people out because they never actually showed us the um, the ammo that that weapon takes. It looks like a little mini, uh, like almost like a rocket launcher, but it's like small and it's got four chambers, you know, uh, much like, a, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's rocket launcher in Commando, where it has the four chambers. Um, but he's basically using it to knock people out. Basically, he shoots them in the chest and it knocks them out. And um, <laughs> the weapon is used a lot throughout the film. Uh, it, it's it's probably the, the number one weapon of the film. Um, so, like I said, um, after Reese takes a couple of people, you know, um, oh, I forgot to mention that when he captures Grace, 
um, Maxie is actually able to get away. She hides in the trunk of the vehicle. Apparently, Reese wasn't smart enough to check the entire vehicle because as he pulls away with Grace in the car, in his car, we see Maxie get out of the trunk. And then basically from there, uh, we're introduced to the Surgeon General. We see what he's actually doing with these people. What he's actually doing is uh, the people that are free of the zombie virus that have this uh, blood type, he's actually sticking some kind of tube directly up their nose to kind of harvest whatever juices in their brain that he's trying to get. He then synthesizes, um, it's almost like a temporary cure. It's not permanent, but it's like, and it's almost like a drug because when he takes it, you know, he kind of, it acts like he just took a hit of, you know, meth or something, you know, or, you know, whatever these kids are shooting up these days. Um, and so it's obvious that, you know, the, um, these people with a particular blood type, you know, they're able to have a, uh, they're able to get a temporary cure uh, or a temporary antidote from them. And um, throughout the movie, we also see all of the soldiers taking these yellow pills. Uh, when when Maxie asks, asks Reese, uh, what, what are you taking? What are those? Reese explains that they're antiviral pills, basically to protect the soldiers from, you know, the ones who are not who don't have that particular blood type. Um, it protects them from catching it because um, it is an airborne virus. And when you see the zombies breathe out and you see that green gas come out, yeah, you can really tell it's an airborne virus. Um, the first movie really does a better job of portraying that it's an airborne virus, especially with the first um, zombie scene with Barry's family, because neither one of them are bitten or attacked by a zombie, but his wife and daughter both turn. So it lets you know that it is an airborne virus, but they don't really make a big issue of it in this one. Once again, another plot point that just is kind of left out. Um, we are introduced to the commanding officer of uh, this facility where the Surgeon General is working. Um, he's just called the Colonel, I believe, or the Corporal. Like, he doesn't actually have a name. Um, Corporal Thompson. I'm sorry, Corporal Thompson. Uh, so basically, this guy is like the commanding officer at the facility. You know, he's the badass of the of the place. He's the one who's giving all the orders. And he even gives the Surgeon General himself some shit because uh, he's not happy with, you know, how how um, kind of out in the open the Surgeon General is with what he's doing. Um, Thompson actually has to kill one of his own men at one point in the movie uh, because he accidentally sees something that he wasn't supposed to see. He basically sees the doctor shooting up. Uh, the cure into his arm for the zombie virus. And, um, you know, like I said, so it kind of establishes that the corporal is a badass, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, uh, like I said, we basically get a lot of what we got in the first movie with the doctor experimenting on people. He's not experimenting on them the same way, because in the first movie, obviously, he was injecting people with zombie blood to see the effect it had on their body, hence how Brooke got her zombie controlling abilities. Um, this one, you know, it's really more about the short term. It's really more about just making him feel good now, as opposed to actually finding a cure for humanity, how, however much humanity is actually left out there. Because um, the thing about these zombies, another plot point that they don't tell us in the second movie is that they're faster and stronger at night. Um, we do see it, we see it in this film, even though there's not, there's not really a whole lot of nighttime scenes in this movie, but in the couple that we get, we do see how the zombies are faster and stronger at night. Um, 
I think it was explained in the first movie that the gas that they expel during the day, that's uh, basically fuel that stops when the sun goes down. So um, there's that great scene in the original where they're driving. And then when the sun goes down and the zombie stops producing the gas, the car just stops and they're suddenly surrounded by zombies. Just a a great action set piece uh, from the original. And like I said, uh, you know, multiple experiments, you know, Grace and Maxie, you know, Maxie and Reese end up um, having a little bit of a partnership because Reese ends up also capturing Maxie because Maxie, uh, Maxie knows who took her sister and she basically goes hunting for Reese and she ends up finding him. Actually, she ends up finding him in his compound, Um, actually gets the upper hand on him for a little while until she makes a stupid kid mistake because she is a kid. I mean, she looks like she's 19 or 20. She, I mean, I can't imagine she's that much older. And, um, you know, he ends up capturing her, taking her to the same facility. But as they're pulling Maxie inside the facility, one of the soldiers says um, or one of the soldiers is kind of manhandling Maxie and Reese yells out, hey, you know, don't don't do that to her. You know, treat her right. She could be you know, she could provide the cure for this whole thing. And then the soldier basically says, either way, she's going to end up in a barrel. And right there, that's where Reese gets the confirmation that, oh, shit, I've just been providing these people with victims, not subjects to, you know, get a cure. Um, And then at that point, he pulls out his little sandbag uh, gun and he knocks out all the soldiers in the general area. He ends up going into the facility to save um, Maxie. Um, Unfortunately, he's not able to get Grace out of there before he himself is then captured Um, by the rest of the military, the guys that he had knocked out earlier. Uh, Basically, they end up capturing him. And then we get that great scene where they decide to hang him from a tree at just the right height so that the zombies could only get like from his thighs down. Like they can't they can't actually reach from his crotch, like above his crotch, Um, just so that he would die slowly and then probably turn into a zombie while up in the tree and just dangle there for eternity. Um, but what ends up happening is, and I do like this scene. I love this scene. Actually. Um, we get that great shot that I mentioned earlier of Reese kind of holding his legs up in the L position to try to, you know, keep them out of the reach of the zombies. Um, you know, we see him sweating, trying to hold the position. It gets tense. The music swells. And then finally he can't hold the position anymore. He drops his legs. We see the zombies start to approach uh, to grab his legs. And then out of nowhere, they all stop. And I mean, literally, they pause. They, they, it's like they froze. And then the camera pans off to the side. And there's Brooke and Barry. And obviously, Brooke is the one who has stopped the zombies from uh, attacking Reese any further. And they realize that this guy looks exactly like the guy that they killed a year ago. Um, you know, when Brooke first got her abilities and that's when Reese lets them know that that's my brother. And, and obviously Barry and Brooke put it together that this guy is out for revenge. He's trying to avenge his brother's death. So they don't necessarily let him go, but they do end up making, um, a plan with him to kind of take out the facility. Um, you know, they decide because Reese has a little bit of knowledge of what's going on at the facility and, you know, things like that, the security and everything else. They decide to work together. Brooke, of course, brings along about a dozen of her zombie friends to kind of do some of the dirty work when they first get there, taking out some of the uh, 
The soldiers, they, Reese knows about a secret elevator where they kind of drop off subjects down into the lower depths of the facility. Um, so they actually send like two or three zombies down there, like without letting the military guys know. So those zombies kind of end up running amok and taking those guys out to the point where, like, like I said, Brooke is able to control these zombies. There, there's this one great scene, which I know a lot of people are going to find hokey as hell. But literally one of the zombies that they send down to the facility has a grenade in each of his hands. And then he does that thing where he crosses his hands over his chest with a grenade in each hand, pulls the pin, and then looks right in the camera and smiles. It's incredibly cheesy, I, I know, but I fucking loved it. I just thought it was funny as hell to see zombies not only wielding guns, but using you know, um, grenades and other types of weapons as well. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of refreshing. So I'll take that. Once the facility is kind of overrun with zombies, uh, the, the, the last two or three survivors, which are, of course, the corporal, uh, the surgeon general, and then like maybe one or two of the grunt soldiers. Um, once the facility is kind of taken over by the zombies they end up escaping but they take grace with them uh because they recognize that Maxie is grace's sister and they see Maxie in the security cameras so they know what they're there for they end up escaping uh taking Maxie out of there excuse me taking grace out of there and they end up taking her to, to reese's compound they end up just taking over reese's compound because earlier in the movie earlier like in an earlier scene um, Maxie forced him to run his truck through the front gate, leaving it open. Um, so apparently the guys from the facility see this uh, and they kind of go in, clear out the zombies. We don't see any of this, of course, but we kind of make the assumption because then what we see is the doctor is there with Gracie, with Grace. He ends up sticking a tube up her nose into her brain like he had been doing with all his other subjects. But since he doesn't have his machine to extract um, the enzymes that he needs, what he does is he just connects the tube to another nasal connection and he jams that into his own nose, into his brain. Or should I say he has one of his soldiers do it? Because um, what was going on with his arm, the evil dead arm, I call it. Like there was no explanation for why the doctor every now and again, his arm would like attack him. I'm sure that was comic relief, but again, without explanation, it's like, what? What the hell's the point? I don't know. Did, did you get Evil Dead vibes from that, Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of an interesting observation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it's either Evil Dead or the hand, or, or the crawling hand, I should say. So, you know, there, there's not really a whole lot of, uh, what do you call it, um, sentient limb movies i'm sure there's others that i'm forgetting but you know you know what i mean so so anyway uh the doctor at this point has the nasal thing up uh both grace's nose and his own and they are connected and we basically see almost like a pump like a sump pump um something that a coroner would use to get the blood out of a dead body and the embalming fluid into it He's using that to basically take the enzymes out of Gracie's brain and put them directly into his, which, of course, turns him into a hybrid zombie as Gracie, as I mentioned earlier, because of the bite from Brooke, has also become a hybrid zombie. And it seems at first like Grace doesn't survive the procedure. She's basically lifeless. Her eyes are open so that when her sister and Reese arrive, um, you know, she looks like she's dead and now they have to fight 
a hybrid zombie surgeon general. And this guy's big. This guy's like 6'6". He's not the most buff guy. He's like kind of a tall, thin dude, lanky, one of those lanky Abraham Lincoln types. But as a zombie, the dude is fucking terrifying. Uh, you know, once his eyes go white and he's got that ear-to-ear grin, um, it actually makes for a pretty good antagonist. So I will give them credit there for that. We, of course, end up getting, you know, a battle between Reese, Maxi, and the Surgeon General, you know, a hand-to-hand fight where, of course, the Surgeon General is basically owning them. You know, they're basically not even getting any hits in. Um, but then just as the Surgeon General bends down to kind of give Reese the death blow, I, I think he was literally about to rip his head off because he even says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack open your skull and I'm going to eat your brain. Um, just as he's about to rip Reese's head off, Grace wakes up, grabs a large metal rod and sticks it right through the doctor and pulls it out sideways so that when we see the doctor, the surgeon general, I should say, on the ground, he is completely cut in half and his innards are all just all out on the ground, intestines and liver and other vital organs just all over the place. Reese, of course, comes over, says his fancy one-liner, and then uh, shoots the Surgeon General in the head. Unfortunately, at the exact same time that all of this is happening, Brooke and Barry are trapped in the medical facility. Um, I, uh, basically, after, after the Surgeon General and the final surviving um, military guys get out, uh, they set off the self-destruct mechanism. And basically, we see Barry and Brooke both sacrifice themselves to get um, Reese and Maxie and Grace, or well, not Grace, because she's with the Surgeon General, but Maxie and Reese out of the facility. And then we see the facility go up in flames, and we see Barry and Brooke both also get engulfed in flames. So, of course, I'm pissed off at this point because the only two people I care about in this movie, I only got 35 minutes of them, and now they're dead with like 15 minutes left in the movie. So I'm, you know, I'm already not in a really great mood at this point. But like I said, the action and the gore and everything else is still keeping my attention. So, you know, I'm still positive on it. And then basically we get like um, a scene where Reese, much like Barry in the first movie, basically tries to kill himself. If you guys remember Barry, after he kills his wife and daughter, tries to Uh, kill himself with a nail gun. Unfortunately, when he pulls the trigger, the gun is out of ammo. Um, In this movie, we see Reese, um, because, oh, I I forgot to mention, um, we we do get a revelation of what those pills are, the quote-unquote antiviral pills that the soldiers have been taking throughout the whole movie. As it turns out, uh, the surgeon is basically, after he gets the bodies and takes the enzymes out of the brain for for the temporary cure, He sends the bodies in a barrel to another facility, and then there at that facility, they're literally taking the bodies, drying them up, grinding them up, and putting them into capsules. So literally, the the quote-unquote antiviral pills that they've been taking is literally ground-up zombies, and that's what's basically keeping them... I'm not 100% sure what the whole point of this, like, I wasn't 100% sure if they were purposely giving their soldiers the virus through those pills just to control them, or if it really was an antidote. You know, we don't really get an ultimate reveal or explanation on, you know, what the actual effect of those pills are. 
But we basically do see that Barry at the end of the film makes the realization that, well, they're not going to make any more pills because we destroyed that facility. And I've only got like a bottle of them left on me. So he basically throws the bottle away, pulls out his gun and puts it up to his head. Just as he's about to pull the trigger, Grace comes over and pulls the gun out of his hand. Reese looks up at um, Maxie and Maxie gives him the pills back. And the last line of the film is basically, this is how you get your soul back, which is a callback to a line that's, that Reese had earlier in the film where he talked about when his brother died, he kind of lost part of his soul. And, and also when he found out that he was actually providing victims for the medical facility, he also made another comment about, you know, I've lost my soul, blah, blah, blah. So Maxie basically says, okay, you're going to help us survive this apocalypse and that's how you get your soul back. And that's our that's our film, folks. Final line. Um, obviously, my walkthrough does not give it justice. Um, it's a really, really good movie. I still, like I said, because I watched the original a couple of days before, it's still fresh in my head. Everything that I love about the first one, I don't see as much of it in the second one, and that bothers me. And And I think the ultimate thing that I could say about it is that the first movie is so much fun. From beginning to end, it's just fun. There was no scenes that frustrated me, no characters that frustrated me, no character decisions that frustrated me in the first one. It was damn near a perfect zombie movie for me, for someone like me. Now, obviously, with this one, like I said, the, the lack of Brooke and Barry was a major factor. Um... The introduction of new characters, especially the fact that literally we meet Gracie and Maxie and then instantly they're in a perilous situation before we've even developed any kind of emotional attachment to them. It just feels like the, the pacing of this movie is a little breakneck, almost too fast at times. But then, you know, we'll have a whole five minute scene of just Reese, you know, going about his morning routine at his compound. So. You know, some odd decisions made throughout, but don't get it twisted, folks. I did enjoy this movie. I still say that there's a lot of merit to this film. It's very fun. Um, and and you can, as I mentioned in the non-spoiler section, you could see the film work has improved. The cinematography, the shot selection, um, the score, the soundtrack, like all the technical aspects have improved. Don even mentioned the CG effects are a little bit cleaner in this one. Um, not as noticeable, I guess, as the first movie. So you can see that these guys are getting better at their craft. It's just that this particular story wasn't as satisfying for me as the original. And like I said, and now knowing that we're getting a trilogy, it's like, okay, so are we going to get yet a third group of people to have to follow? And again, I'm not going to get, oh, by the way, I totally forgot. There is a post credit scene. Uh, well, we do actually see zombie Barry and zombie Brooke walk out of the facility all charred and burnt up, um, but still very much alive. So, you know, uh, fingers crossed that we get Brooke, more of Brooke and Barry in the third movie, because as I already said incessantly, that that's my biggest complaint about this one. But still, ultimately, this is still a great movie. It is solidly in my top five for 2022. Um, it's still incredibly fun. 
if anything, it's just maybe a little bit convoluted for people who've never seen the first one. You're not going to be able to follow it. You're not going to know who's this person. Why should I care about this person? Who is this girl? And who's this brother and sister team that disappeared for 45 minutes of the film? Um, yeah, like I said, by itself, it's going to be a weird watch. But paired with the original, I think this is a good um, you know, twofer. Um, the first one was 145 uh, duration. This one's, uh, you know, an even 90 minutes. So, you know, you're not spending a little bit more than three hours to watch the twofer. So it's still highly recommended in my book. But yeah, I strongly recommend not to watch this movie without I, at this point, I would imagine anyone listening to my voice has either seen the movie or doesn't care about it. So but I would still strongly recommend if you do want to sit down and check this out, watch Wormwood Road to the Dead first. That's it for me, Mike. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Don? No, I was uh, just saying, yeah, it, it works better as a, a double feature than a standalone film. Um, it's all right in just being s- as, as a solo film, but uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're probably better off doing a, a double feature with this one. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, find out where else we can be heard. So, Venom, you're up first. All right, well, um, the newest thing that will be available soon is Creature Comforts Episode 8. Uh, once again, Bo Ransdell from the Dark Parade joins us as our first returning guest on the show, and we take a look at 1997's The Relic, starring Penelope Ann Miller, Tom Sizemore, and Linda Hunt. Um, in what was, you know, a pretty good conversation about the film, you know, um, a lively conversation, not a lot of filler at the beginning, you know, no segments or anything. We just kind of just like fresh cuts. We just went right into the review. Um, I am in the process of editing that now. I would say look out for that uh, closer to the end of the week. By this weekend, it will be available. Um, let's see the main show. No more room in hell episode. I believe we're up to 46. Um, is recording this weekend, um, and these are my picks, so we are going to be looking at, um, what the hell are my picks? Uh, 2000 and, shit, what's my picks? <laughs> I forgot my uh, goddamn picks. I, oh, have them, I have them written down break, in the other spring room. Spring Break Horror, that's it, Spring Break Horror. So we're going to be looking at um, The Ruins uh, from the late 90s, you know, the big theatrical release. And then we're going to be looking at a little more obscure film from Spain. It is a found footage movie called Atrocious. Uh, both of these movies take take place at spring break, but in very different settings, whereas one is in Cancun, Mexico. The other one is just like in a, on a farm in Spain. So they're they're very different movies, even though they are both spring break horror. So, yeah, look out for that. I would imagine uh, that one will be available probably um, not too long after the Creature Comforts episode is available. And um, guest spots. I did a guest spot on uh, the Dark Parade once again, talked about Hell Knight. That one's been out for a few weeks now, so check that out. Um, uh, Last week I talked about my guest spot on Don's show, which won't be out for a little bit as Don does record those uh, pretty far ahead. So look out for my episode sometime in the summer where we looked at top 10 Spanish language horror films. Duh. Uh, of course, I would pick that list. Why wouldn't I? Um, and I think that's it for me, Mike. Okay. How about you, Don? Yeah. Uh, Creature Comfort's coming soon. Um, 
Venom's podcast uh, should be available closer to, I would say, August or um, maybe a little after that, but uh, I can't really say much just because uh, I don't have the uh, schedule in front of me. So uh, I, I think that's the uh, projected release date, but uh, you know we'll talk about that more when uh, more when the time comes. Um, recent episode is uh, one I think you guys are all going to be familiar with. Um, I had uh, Derek um, on board to discuss our ten favorite. British horror films. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun discussion. Um, bit more hammer um, in there for you. Um, kind of uh, mix it up a little. So uh, go ahead and uh, check that one out. And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, this will be the day the uh, where uh, my long uh, gesticulated guest appearance on the House That Screams podcast uh, will be recorded. Uh, we have a date. We have um, all of our notes in order. We're uh, hopefully going to pr- do this uh, sometime this week. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. Uh, that one is um, looking at Suspiria. So yeah, should be a fun time. Sounds cool. Um, as far as me, nothing except the two shows I do. So look out for those. Um, <laughs> and with that, what? Any ideas for next week? I don't think there's a theatrical movie again, is there? I think uh, May we're going to get a couple, but not not including yeah. May. We're definitely getting a couple. Firestarter and. Um, there's at least one other one that I can't think of. Doesn't A24's Men come out next month? Which one? No, it's that uh, slasher film. Um, I, I don't remember the title. It's that the goofy one that they were making. Um, it's a three-word title, I think. Um, the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies one? <laughs> yeah, that one. Is um, it? Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there is really a one called Bodies, yeah. Bodies, Bodies. And I know, I think... <laughs> I'm not sure when, but I think it's soon. HBO Max is having that horror comedy called The Baby. I think it's a movie, unless it's a show, but I know yeah, they're I, doing I, it. I, I've seen promos for that, but I can't tell if that's a show or a film either. Well, Don okay. Don did mention Titanic 666 last week, and um, I saw the poster for it. It looks mildly interesting. Um, it, it looks like a fun little movie, so I, I, I would be down for that one, too. And I'd be glad to finally get rid of this accent and talk normally. Yeah, I know. We only get Australian Don once a year. Uh, what was the last one? For Roar, right? When we did that Roar? Um, boar. Boar, not Roar. Boar, boar. I, I was close. <laughs> yeah. Boars Roar, don't they? <laughs> I'm positive of it, yeah. There you go. You better be. You're from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Oh, I loved uh, it. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was. Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was, yeah. Yeah, it's another possibility. Um, I think there's one or two others that um, I think are coming out because this is the end of the month. So I I think there's one or two others. But, um, yeah, I think there's the Sela from Shutter. I think there's uh, Titanic 666, and then there's, like, one or two others coming out. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, we got choices. We don't have to commit to one right now. I just wasn't sure if there's any, like, bigger releases that, like, jump out. No, um, I, I think... I, I know, the, yeah, I, I know Shudder added, like, a couple new ones, too. Yeah, um... Shudder adds something almost every week, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm saying I think the next big release is uh, whichever one drops first between uh, Firestar and uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I think that's the next uh, theatrical one, whichever one comes close. Nice. Uh, Not that yeah, I'm excited uh, for Firestarter, but you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, whichever one is released first is I think the uh, next big one on the list. Yep. Makes sense. Venom, did you did you go and see the Northman this weekend? I did not. I played so much poker this weekend. Check this out. I literally played two different tournaments on Saturday. I played a tournament at 1 p.m. And then I actually got heads up, which is uh, the last two people left in the tournament. I ended up coming in second. And then I had to take an Uber 30 minutes away to get to get to my next game in time, which I didn't do as well. Then I ended up playing again on Sunday. So, yeah, this weekend has been just a lot of poker. Um, as I've already mentioned multiple times, I got a new job in January that pays like the most I've ever made in my life. So I'm actually starting to enjoy the money now. I I use the first few months pay to kind of catch up on bills and shit. And now I'm having fun. So yeah. Um, the short answer is Mike. No, I didn't have time to see the Northman, but I will try to see it this weekend because I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah. Um, since it's not horror, you know, no, it won't be on Fresh Cuts, but I'll definitely bring it up Sunday. Nice. Good enough. No, oh, I'll try to see it before then, then, so I can chime in as well. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that said, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back next week with something. <laughs> so until <laughs> then, uh, yeah, until then, uh, that's going to do it. Let's say bye to the listeners. Adios, folks, and stay out of the outback. Good day, (laughs) y'all. Peace.